Hello, welcome to Justice and Understand. I'm here with my guests. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Spencer Gilmore. I'm a student from Wilfrid Laurier University in uh, Toronto, Canada. But I'm here with Niwa at the University of Ghana in Accra. Yes. And my name is No Chill Nyla, and um, thank you for coming. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having for me. For taking the time out of your day. Okay, so topic of discussion, and we're talking about is your experience in Ghana. How do you feel? Have you grown? What was your like first thought when you came here? Cool. Um, <clears throat> Ghana has been an excellent experience for me. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's funny, my brother came to visit last week, and so I remember going to pick him up at the airport. And that I saw was my... him, y'all look alike. <laughs> yeah, which I like because honestly, before we've come here, we haven't had that many people tell us that they see the similarities, so it was refreshing. Um, but anyways, yeah, as I was getting to the airport, I was just thinking the last time I was at the airport was three months ago when I was getting off the plane. and. I definitely think that between the time I landed and the time I picked them up last week, there's been a huge change. I think the biggest thing is my comfort level here. Um, like from the beginning, I love Ghana, but um, just navigating Accra, the, the trochro system, traveling between different cities, um, communicating with Ghanaians in tree, the limited tree I have, and just knowing the sentence structure that they use and adapting to it has helped a lot. Um, but I think, I think what I've learned the most from my experience here is the importance of the small things in life and patience. What do you mean by that? I, I think for a lot of the Western students who came here, um, our perception was that our society should be structured to do what needs to happen from our perspective, when it needs to happen. Like I, I know at least for me at home, um, I live in a very quickly paced city and everyone's in a rush to go to work and then everyone's in a rush to do their work and then everyone's in a rush to go home and then you're in a rush to feed yourself and your family and it's always go, go, go. And although here there's a consistency to everyone's day, I, I think they take their time with things. They definitely do take their time. Yeah, and I, I almost, because I, I know for a lot of us, I think it was a shock when we first came. I'd argue that I think it's almost better this way. Like, I think some things need to be rushed. Like, emergency services should be rushed. Um, being on time for school, like, that should be important. Like, there are things that you can't escape. But when it comes to walking to class, for example, or planning to meet up with a friend, maybe you don't meet up with them at the exact exactly. right time. Like, for instance, a situation with us, we had to reschedule, like, three times. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah. shit happens, it's life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think God has helped me realize that it's okay if things don't happen exactly the way you plan it. And I, for me, the, the, the quicker I was able to start a day and not have expectations, I think the easier it became for me to just go with the flow. Um, and then I, I think for the patients I got home, I was always a very fast talker, a fast walker, um, leaving things to the last minute and rushing them, um, cooking my food quickly, doing dishes quickly, doing laundry quickly. Like I would always do things to want them to be done. But here I've really seen that I think a lot of the people enjoy the chores that they do and they make them enjoy it. Like they find a way, they listen to music, they take a break, they talk to a friend, 
they walk with a friend, they schedule their time, so maybe they're cooking at the same time or yeah. doing dishes at the same time. And I don't know, I've just, I've really appreciated it because I think the biggest change in my lifestyle when I go home is I'll be slower in general. And Do you it, think that's a good thing or bad thing? Um, well, like I said, I, I think there's circumstances where you shouldn't be slow. Like, <clears throat> being to class on time, like stuff like that's important, but what I mean is like a slower pace to my life. Yeah. Like I think it's healthier to not be, like I know in Toronto, for example, it's like picturing a hive and there are bees because everyone's like moving so fast all the time. You can't tell if they're standing still. Because it's a big city. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and even the city I go to school in, like my classmates, it's always go, go, go. And I, I think moving slower, and, and not moving slower as in not doing your responsibilities on time or neglecting people around you but moving slower isn't being okay with having a long walk or you get caught in the rain and you start a conversation with someone new like it's just letting those little moments in life happen they give you the chance to meet new people like i think i've had a lot of moments here in ghana where things have not gone my way and it's gotten a whole lot better so i'll give you an example i was in um very close to the central region of Ghana, which is west of us. I was in the greater Accra region, and I was with some friends at a beach off of Coco Brite. And there was a group of us that left the beach earlier in the day because they needed to get home to campus and prepare for lectures. And I was in a group that was able to stay because we had no commitments that day. Yeah. It happened to be a Monday. Um, so we ended up staying at the beach until I'd say probably 5.30. And then we started walking towards Coco Brite to head back to Accra. And we find this beach bar that's open on the side and it kind of looks open and it looks nice. And the one guy in our group, Sebastian, he says, I don't want to go home. Let's have another beer. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. And the other girl, Sam, she's so like, cute. yeah, sure. So we got to sit down on the beach. We watched the sun set on the water. We each had a couple Was that this weekend? No, this was a couple weekends uh. ago. Yeah, yeah. No, not in a doubt. But it was just, it was about a month ago. But it was just so nice. And then the owner comes by and he's trying to sell us a night in his room because he sees that it's late and we have backpacks. And we strike up a conversation with him. He shows us the rooms, they're very nice, but we tell him we can't because we're going back to Accra. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no way, which part? And we tell him we're going to Legon. And he's like, I'm going into Accra tonight. I forget the region he mentioned, but he was like, can I drop you off at the mall? And we were like, yeah. So we got a free ride in a new Jeep back to the That's mall. So he refused to take convenient. any cash. And then from there we took out yeah, a torture to a problem. So I, I just had moments like that here where I'd be willing to just kind of go with the wind. So Ghanaian time does not piss you off. Because there's moments where it pisses me off. Yeah, and I, okay, I don't blame <laughs> you because I've definitely had moments where it's pissed me off. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, I think. And maybe it's because, like last year, I was very busy on campus. And yeah. so I was always go 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 like basically i committed to doing more than i probably should have and so coming here being slower and having a chance to breathe like i've actually i've loved it but i can totally see why it's frustrated people i guess like i said my lens was i tried to as soon as i could begin a day without many expectations because i think that's exactly what Ghana has taught me. Yeah, like I, I and I think because I know there was a, there's a lot of international students that make sense who struggled even into October to feel like this was home, and I don't blame them. And I think as they got used to 
kind of rolling with the mm-hmm. flow of God. I, I think it made it easier because when you're trying to resist it, it's hard. But yeah, no, I definitely, I think the biggest frustrations I've had, although I agree the time thing is a huge one, I, I think that as internationals, um, and I'm sure, I'm assuming you've had the same experience mm-hmm. too, but we're seen as a source of wealth yeah. and we're almost seen as like a bank ATM. That's for sure. And like it, I I can't blame them. Because and how does that make you feel? It's, you know, this experience has been so interesting because I've never been to an African country before, mm-hmm. and I I've been to parts of the world that we would label as developing or third world, whichever term mm-hmm. you use. But I've only been there for short periods of time, maybe like seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. And being here, I think I've really gotten like we've we've all really got to immerse ourselves in a different culture and although it frustrates me like my friends see me the most stressed when I'm talking to cab drivers or I'm in like an art market because like they'll throw prices and I'm just like oh my gosh there's no way I can bargain in a way that's polite culturally but that price is outrageous but at the same time like I've had a lot I've had other people come from the perspective that we come from a country that has a, a stronger Okay. Um, I just want to say he's Canadian and I'm American. Just just putting that difference out there. Yeah, so yeah. Her, her economy is even stronger, <laughs> of course. But um, no, I, I think, and I've really struggled with this thought too, because although on paper the Canadian economy is stronger and the American economy is stronger, mm-hmm. our lives are also more expensive, relatively. So I've always wondered how much of a difference there is between countries like Ghana, who are a relatively strong nation within Africa and then countries like ours who are relatively strong nations in North America like it's been an interesting comparison but yeah the the position of them seeing us as an abundance of wealth I I think based on the perception that from from what I've experienced that West Africans have of the United States and Canada I don't blame them because we're seen as a place at least in my classrooms we're seen as a place that do things the right way we're seen as a place where people make a lot of money. We're seen as a place where people thrive, where the American or Canadian dream is very alive and well. And so I think if I grew up in that environment and I met someone from those countries, similar to how I guess in Canada, if I met someone from Saudi Arabia, for example, like that's a country from my perception that has a stereotype of being wealthy. I don't blame them. But yeah, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is. I don't know. You've had the same experience? Not, I don't think I would have it to your extent, mm. but um, I definitely have. I, and I have to remind people that I'm not rich. Yeah. Like, especially if I'm like, for instance, like I have a Ghanaian friend and I said, oh, I'm going like somewhere mm. to go visit. They're like, oh, you have money. I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. I just, I'm just trying to make the most of this time. So it's just different. It's really different. Yeah, and you brought up a really good point. Like even my classmates kind of every week ask me where I'm going because they assume that I've got plans. And you're right. Like I think for a lot of our peers, what we're doing just isn't financially feasible for them. And I, it's something I, I excuse me, I always try and be aware of because I, you're right. I think from their lens, they see that and they're like, you've got resources and it is true but I think 
if there were international students in Canada and the United States, it'd be a very similar story. So I think yeah. it's more of a culture of exchange programs than the students. Yeah, like I, I have friends who have the same perception as me, and I'm like, well, I hate to tell you, but <laughs> I'd love to stay for a year, but I'm going home because I'm running out of money. <laughs> 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 like that, right? Same, like I wish same. I could stay longer, but <laughs> same. I can't afford it. Yeah. And I'm running out of money, and I'm about to graduate. It's just not the right time. Me too. That's yeah. wild, man. It is. You're graduating as well. Yeah. Congratulations to graduating. So, why did you choose Ghana? It's it's an interesting story. So originally, my university has a program through the Queen Elizabeth or QE scholars. Um, what is that for people who don't know what that is? Yeah, of course. So the QE Scholars is a program that was established in England, but it's an opportunity that's available to students throughout the Commonwealth. So even though Canada is an independent nation, we're still a part of the British Commonwealth, so we have access to this um, scholarship. And really it's a scholarship where relationships exist between two institutions or two universities within the world. And each school gets to send students to the opposite school. And this is usually for academic or volunteer or internship purposes. And they get to have this experience. And although they're not paid for the experience, their experience is paid for. So like um, the neat thing is there are some Ghanaian um, academics at my university who actually studied at the University of Ghana got their PhDs here and then came to Canada and worked at my school and so they set up this relationship between the University of Ghana and Laurier and so I was looking into a program where I could come here for three months and I would work full-time but it wasn't work that I would be paid for but my experience would be paid yeah. for. And so this was an opportunity I heard about since first year being in school and so I was always like this is something I want to do. Um, I've loved traveling. I think we can learn a lot from each other and, and I hadn't had the opportunity to learn from an African uh, community to this degree yet because I hadn't been to Africa and so I saw the option and I thought this would be amazing and so I applied and sadly I didn't get it and oh. it actually... It but you're here now. So. I'm here now. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was once this happened, um, I was really bummed but I, I looked at my bank account and I talked to my parents and I thought, okay, maybe I can still study abroad. And so I looked into options, and the only options I had for my program were in Australia and Norway. And then less than 24 hours before the application was due, I got an email that the University of Ghana was at. So I changed my complete application. Um, for me, I, I think it was God, because now that I'm, I'm here, like this has been such a, a growing experience, especially studying from a social perspective here. Sorry, that's the program I'm in. Um, it's been a huge blessing for me because... What is the difference? Because I know it's going to be a lot. Like, social work is different in, like, a first world country yeah. than in a third world country. So can you explain, of like, course. the difference that you've experienced? Not to cut you off. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. That's such a good question. Because mm-hmm. coming here, um, when I told people I was coming, I either perceived great excitement or great worry. Um, and I think for a lot of them due to the, I think unfortunately there's a stigma in North America about African countries, but there due to the stigma, a lot of people Sadly. looked at me and they were like, why would you want to study in a country like that? But to, once I came here, um, the first week was a little daunting, but it's been such a learning experience. So to answer your question, I think 
the biggest difference is in North America, social work was like the, the concept of what social work was based on, um, equality between all genders and races, um, speaking for those who may not be able to speak themselves, like marginalizing the community, advocating for newcomers, stuff like that. I think it originally started with the women's rights movement, which I think was born out of the Second World War with the right to vote, the right for equal pay, the right to fight for your country, things like that, where women were no longer seen as unequal under the law, but equal. And so that really shifted the way that North Americans perceived the needs, but also the responsibility that they had to each other. And then I think from there, it shifted into the, the free love movement and the equal rights among races movement and the equality of minorities. And so I think that and prohibition and, and movements like that, I think that's how social work was birthed in North America. In Ghana, it's under, like, it's been my perception that social work was birthed out of um, the resolution of a government here after many, um, uh, uh, many governmental flips and internal and external conflicts. And I think more recently, it's been birthed out of the, um, the recognition of the need to educate the, the society on the rights of women and children, um, the equality of women, like there, there appears to be a lot of things that have maybe come out of the culture where due to either maybe religious or traditional beliefs, it, it may not always seem that the women are treated equally within their home or within their family. And um, although I think Accra has, has, it seems like it's grown a lot. Um, for example, a lot of the Northern villages, like there, there are different traditions and so I think even though it was birthed out of more of a conflict perspective and a resolution and the idea that different tribes and communities had to work and live together, um, in the last 20 years it seems to have been birthed out of equal rights, but then also recognizing those who are disabled within the society. I think, I think every country has room to grow, like Canada needs to do a lot of things differently, but one thing I've perceived in, in Ghana, so for example in Canada, we need to do a much better job of having a proactive and a mutually healthy relationship with our indigenous peoples. Uh, but to provide an example in Ghana, I'm under the impression that those with physical disabilities are still very much marginalized within the society. Like um, marginalized as in what way? Well, I think it's a little more visible. So for example, um, Healthcare seems to be structured a little differently in Ghana, um, and they're allotted a little less coverage than we are in Canada. And so, regrettably, I think for a lot of people who may have um, complications at birth that result in losing a limb, or um, maybe have an accident from an in-house fire or whatever it is, um, they're not as they're they're not given as much access to. Um, the care to, to have that like um, I don't know about Nyla but I know for me when we're in the city of Accra I, I think seeing people with physical disabilities who are marginalized and those who are homeless and, and yeah. kids and stuff like that who are marginalized are more visible mind you I do see them a lot we both come from countries where there are homelessness like I think the issue in Canada is these issues are more hidden like, I think we still have them, but we don't see them as much. 
And then even like in our countries, there are different versions of healthcare. So even though these are perceptions I have, they could be false, but they're just things I've seen. Okay. Yeah. That, I learned a lot. It was very insightful on the differences on social work, which, you know, there's, you could always do something in the future. Yeah. Dreams are possible. So anything is possible. Yeah, my hope, I think a lot of people in my classes, I'm under the impression they want to study in different countries for their masters. And I, I think for a lot of them, they're, they're hoping that maybe if they study in a different country, they'll find a very well-paying job there and they may experience a different culture. And I think for them to study in another country would be great. But I guess my biggest prayer for Ghana is that all these bright minds that we go to school with do have those experiences and learn from different cultures but then choose to come back. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I see that scares me. That scares me too. I see that a lot like in um like the locals that you see around mm-hmm. talking about how America or maybe Canada is so great. And I'm like yeah, um you know, we all have our faults. It's not it's not like the media portrays it like it's when you get there you yeah. might have a real awakening, but um I wish I do want these bright minds to come back to Ghana because they always say, um, always remember where you came from, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I do feel like if you're like really super smart, like you could like build wealth into the country or make people believe that you can do something while you're in Ghana, you know? You don't have to go abroad. But I do yeah. think going abroad is great to <clears throat> exactly. study, but I mean, like coming back, that's, that's yeah. the main thing that's important. Yeah, I think Ghana. Like, I, I think Donna, from the education I've had here and the limited time I've been here, it sounds like the last 20 years have had a huge transition. Um, and it's a country that's in a huge development stage as far as a, like an international perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm hopeful to see what happens in the future because looking at the students here, there's a lot of bright minds who want to do a lot of great things. And, mm-hmm. I think hopefully as long as they choose to come back, like you said, I think Ghana's going to be in good shape. What do you think about the education system? Do you think it's better or do you think it's the same? It, I think but of, different. I think of all the discussions that international students have amongst each other about our experience in Ghana, I think this one's the most controversial and has the most extreme differences in opinions. So I can only speak from my experience, but... Um, I think the social work program here is structured very well. Um, one thing I really applaud the professors for is they, I think they do a very good job of creating an environment in the classrooms where every perspective is heard and every opinion is said. Now, mind you, um, oftentimes they will have rebuttal statements or they may ask a student to expand or they may turn it into a debate where they're having a dialogue about a statement. But I think Canadian universities, unfortunately, that's something we're starting to lack. I think academia is becoming a very sensitive place where sharing opinions that maybe are not not in flow or not adjacent to the norms is questionable and is shot down. And so that's one thing I really appreciate here because some of the best lectures I've had are ones where students are debating and discussing how they're going to reform their system and how they want to see things change and why. And I've just been able to send lessons. So I think that is a huge thing that this program does well. 
I also, I really like the way they govern the classrooms. Like, I, I think students here, although it's in a different way, like, there's a lot of laughing in class, for example. There is a lot of laughing in class. Like, oh, my God. If I'm at home and That's we're talking annoying. about a sensitive topic or maybe a topic that could be labeled as triggering to others, oh like, the yes. classroom is silent, like, you would hear a coin hit the ground. Here, their reaction to sensitivity is more with humor and laughing. So, like, that's definitely a huge difference. But, like, when it comes to, when it comes to students addressing the lecture, it's always madam or doctor or professor. Some students still stand up. Um, please is a huge part of the vocabulary here. It is. Um, like, respect seems to be a huge factor in the classroom, whereas I think that's something we can sometimes be losing at least in schools in Canada as well. So in America I as well. Yeah, like I think... No respect. I think at, at home... Entitlement. <laughs> yeah, and like, don't get me wrong. There's students here who don't like going to class, just like everywhere. But there's a certain composure in the classrooms. Like even social work seems to be a program where students here dress very well. So my first class, I wore a baseball hat. Um baggy shorts and a t-shirt and I felt so underdressed and like now I go to class and I'm wearing it doesn't have to be dress pants but nice pants I know I see you I'm like nice okay, t-shirt or polo nice. shirt yeah I'm trying to look like I go to the University of Ghana so like things like that I appreciate um and I, I'd say the one thing I I I don't fully understand or at least and I think this has to do with the system I grew up in I would tend to not enjoy as much um, is that the University of Ghana every course has two marks. There's the interim assessment grade and there's the final examination. You don't like it? The final examination is 70% and the interim assessment is 30% and it's funny because even within the, the interim assessment there's usually an actual interim assessment, so an IA mm -hmm. um, sometimes a presentation a paper, a group project yeah. so to answer your question, I think there are many North American students who come from similar programs where they have a major final, but I guess the social program in, at my school and I think in a lot of schools in Canada is very much based on taking ideas, taking theories, concepts, um, experiences from our history and from other countries' histories and applying it to current issues or working to see how it can evolve. Um, and so a lot of this is done through group assignments, papers, presentations, similar to university here. Um, but these assignments are worth more. So like you would do a paper at the end that would be worth 30, a presentation would be worth 20, a group assignment would be worth 20. And then you might have a, a personal assignment worth 20. Like I think that I agree with more because here the program is very good. And we do have projects that definitely make us think outside the box but it seems like a lot of the final exams are structured in such a way where students um, reiterate what the lecturer has said instead of maybe applying it more um, yeah. and that that's not a problem I just I've noticed that that's how and I think it's how they've done school even from junior high school so JHS and then senior high school SHS into university like the idea of hearing information and then regurgitating information is very prevalent here. And yeah, it's not a bad thing, it's just something I've noticed is different. 
I'm gonna say it depends on the class with that yeah. IA and the final because yeah. I I failed one of my finals. I found out today. Not my final, my IA. Yeah, IA. God, please don't let me fail any of my finals. But yeah, I failed Sorry. one of them and I was just sad because I'm like seventy more percent, like I don't know if I'm going to pass this and then she's talking about an essay. You gotta write an essay in like two to three hours. Two hours. I'm not yeah. good with writing things on the top of my head. Like you gotta let me Maybe if it was like a weekend thing or a day thing, great. And then you want me to edit, speak proper English. Like, when you ask me to pull that out, mm -hmm. that's why I had to drop that history class. History of Ghana, when y'all were writing that essay, I was like, oh no, can't do this. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's it a was, tough structure. It's just too much. Like, I'm not used to this. I'm used to presentations, assignments, and stuff not being worth so much. Like, yeah, yeah we have finals, but it's not worth 70%. So yeah. if I fail, I'm not going to worry because I have all what I did the past semester to rely yeah. on. But here, it's my IA and my final. And that just yeah. stresses me out. I agree. And I find it really daunting. And I've noticed... Now, mind you, we have students like this at home as well. But I know because my program has things due throughout the year, um, participating and attending class is very important. But I think for some students here, because there's so much weight on the final, like if I started my 100 level here... I, I don't know if going to class would be as much in my weekly culture as, as it is, just because I knew the final was 70%, it just means you really have to study and, and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wish, like, I don't know about you, but for the final, they could, like, tell us, like, a hint of, like, what it's going to be about. Mm. I mean, I know in History of Ghana, I think they told us, right? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I've had some lectures. Like, for example, on my last human rights class today, mm -hmm. which I think has been my most interesting class. It's human rights, but from an international lens, an African lens, and a Ghanaian lens mm -hmm. into Ghana. And so it, it's been really cool to have it because you look at international, like, the way other countries are looking at things, the way African countries within the AU are doing things, West African, anyways... But um, for this class, the lecturer today told us that we'll have two and a half hours for our exam. There'll be six essay questions. Three of them she told us kind of what they'll be about. And one of those will be required to answer, and then we answer two more. So, like, yeah, you're right. I think it depends on the class. Like, some yeah. people have been pretty good. But then I also have a class where I think I'm just going to go in, and I don't really know what's going to happen, but we'll see. Exactly, and especially for that, I I thought I did. I didn't think I did this horrible. Yeah, I thought I was so gonna do stressful. decent, but it's okay, you know. And then the thing about it is, she seemed so hopeful. She was hopeful the last day. You'll pass. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Just so chill and relaxed. And then I failed. Any, but um, I don't wanna dwell on do that. Well on yeah. That. Uh -huh. You'll do well in your final. Thank you. Also, relationships, friendships. How is it in Ghana? It's been really nice. Um, when I was first looking at coming here, the reason, one of the reasons why I chose to do one semester is because this would be the longest that I'd been away from home. And I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, so I wanted to be cautious. And although I, I miss my family and friends back home, it hasn't been debilitating, if that makes sense. Like, I, I miss them and I, I stay in touch with them, but I'm not homesick. Um, but yeah, I think... The, one of the coolest parts about being here has been making new friends and having these relationships between people from around the world. Like, uh, Nyla and I, 
live in a set of buildings that have people from states all over the U.S., provinces all over Canada, um, countries all over Europe, countries in Asia, West African countries, Central African countries, and it's really just like a hub of diversity. And I've loved it. Um, I think that's in some ways where I've learned the most, like just having discussions between people in our building and other buildings. Um, and for example, even speaking to um, West Africans from Cote d'Ivoire, Togo, Benin, Burkina Faso, um, Nigeria, Cameroon, and just hearing about their experience because I think Ghana's experience is one of the more unique experiences in Africa and just hearing why they came to Ghana and stuff like that and then meeting people from Europe and hearing their perception and how their government is run versus yeah. ours and having just, maybe not debates, but just conversations on why they think this and why we think that um, and really just building a network internationally has been really cool. And then um, actually today in my class, I asked the lecturer if I could get up and I, I just got in front of my class and thanked them all for such a year because although in, during this podcast even we've been talking about some of the frustrations we've had in Ghana, my dad used to be a, a police officer and he always said you can't let the, the 5% of the people who you interact with have a negative impact on the 95% of the people who have treated you really well. And like I, That's a good I've saying. definitely had some negative and some frustrating times in Ghana, I think Same. everyone has. But 95% of my time has been excellent. And even today, I gave each person in my class a thank you because from the first day I came, they were welcoming, they were warm, like so in their sweet. own way. But like, you know, trying to encourage you to have local dishes. Um, if I was ever leaving Accra and I wasn't sure how to get to this region, I would actually post in my level 400 page and people would PM me on um, WhatsApp and stuff like that. Like, I just... I've been overwhelmed by people's generosity. Even, um, I mentioned that experience in Coco Brite. We ended up going back because that guy was having um, like a full moon um, festivities at his uh, hostel. And when we were there, like he insisted on giving our group a couple balls of champagne and oh, chicken meals. Nice. And it was just a gift. Like he was just happy to have us and he wanted to do that. Or when I've traveled, um, people have invited me to their churches and they've been very welcoming and the services have been, always been in tree, but then the pastor has chosen to throw in English or someone beside me is summarizing, like whatever it is. Or, I mean, being on a trotro and the person beside you is just asking you how you're doing or the mates are actually, even though sometimes they, they mess around with you a bit, they're being very helpful and they're telling you what station you should get off at, like... I'd say I, there's two different groups of, like I'd say the friendships I built with people on campus and with the international students and then the relationships, some of them have been short term and some of them have been long term with either people in Ghana or people on campus have been really nice. Like I've definitely made some connections here that I hope will last long term. Definitely. Yeah. It's a beautiful country to be in. Right? Yeah. Yeah, everyone who's listening, if you get the chance, you should come to Ghana for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been such a blessing. Well, I'm going to end this right now, but thank you Sounds for good. coming. I really appreciate it, Spencer. Um, and this is Just Listen Understand. This is No Chill Nyla. 
This is Spencer Gilmore. Okay, and talk to you guys later. Bye.